The following program is paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Gateway Mortgage Group. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour and 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 10th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions that you have or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. That's 1-855-411-50. 1150 or online at the And the lineup for the show today, I have Joe Mason with Caring Transitions of South Puget Sound. We'll be talking about downsizing and estate services. Also in studio, Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies, New York Life, financial strategies so that your holiday will be filled with joy. And last guest in studio, Sandy McCalla with Etiquette for You, Etiquette for a Joy-Fulfilled Holiday Season. So it'll be a great uh, introduction for the holidays today. Great information, great guest in studio. For more information on any topics discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And here's today's Money Chat. Money. A little bit about credit, credit tips, increasing your credit scores, some credit myths, and things that you'll want to know, all credit related. Your credit score or FICO score determines the terms and interest rates that you receive on credit cards, car loan, mortgage loans, and even the cost of car insurance. A lot of employers are even looking at your FICO score to make a decision on whether or not they're going to hire you. So your FICO score provides the best guide to future risk based on solely your credit report data. Now, credit scores vary from the low 300 to 850. Uh, FICO score is the middle score from the three bureaus. They're going to look at Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian to determine what your FICO score is. A 760 or higher is considered an excellent FICO score. 660 or lower is considered in the challenged area, and you might need to do some structuring, restructuring to improve your credit score. Why are consumer credit report scores different than when you're looking at a lender credit score? Because if you've ever applied for a mortgage and you've looked at your score, maybe myficoscore.com is a common one that consumers use, and then you go to your lender and the credit score is different. The credit reports pulled by consumer are different scoring algorithms than pulled by banks, lenders, and credit card companies. Sometimes they're unique algorithms developed by separate modeling companies. Sometimes they're industry-specific variations, and other times their custom algorithm may be utilized. So mortgage lenders have their own brand of FICO score. Even your FICO from myficoscore.com and other consumer credit score resources have totally different algorithms. Now, mortgage credit scores can be different because of the algorithms being used, and FICO has actually 53 different models on credit scores that they grade different industries, again, such as 
mortgage, auto loans, insurance, student loans, and credit cards. So sorry for the most likely disappointing news, but there's no way for you to find out exactly what your FICO score is, except for get it from um, the Lending Institute and when you're uh, looking at borrowing money. Now, credit components past delinquents is 35% of your credit score. Uh, debt to credit utilization uh, ratio, that's 30%. So basically keeping your credit balances should be under 50%. Uh, at least making sure that those credit balances um, are, do not go over that 50% threshold. Ideally, you can keep it under 30 Average age, age of credit is worth 15% of the credit score. Don't close credit cards that are older than two years. Seasoned accounts are important. Also, you want to make sure, and this is going to sound a little strange, but not paying off collection accounts without consulting with your lender first, because paying off collection accounts a lot of times will actually bring your credit score down depending on the seasoning, because again, the seasoning is important. So once that collection is paid off, you've lost the seasoning for that account. So it's a a one-on-one conversation and what the strategy is going to be in paying off collections and when you want to do that. Mixer credit is worth 10%. uh, Every installment trade line, ideally you have three revolving trade lines. I'm not saying to go out and open new revolving debt to get that ratio of one to three, but it is something that goes into factor in the mix of the credit. So again, it's a one-on-one consultation to determine what you need to do to strategize to increase your FICO score. And last part of the pie for the components is the inquiries. It represents 10% of your credit score. Seven inquiries a year before affecting credit, depending on on the uh, the what they're looking at. But I, you know, that's kind of the the range. Depending on the credit bureau, the window for duplicate inquiries can be 14 to 45 days. So basically, means if you're applying for a mortgage and you have your credit report pulled by multiple lenders, as long as it falls within that 14 to 45 days, depending on what they're looking at. Uh, then you should be okay. Uh, Paid off tax liens uh, can be removed. So a lot of times people don't know that and it takes some work to get it removed. But once it's been paid, released or satisfied, federal tax liens can be deleted from a credit report and all other public records within 30 days. So this could have a huge impact on uh, your credit score and it can relatively happen quickly as far as the reflect of the credit score. Some unpaid tax liens can be deleted. So federal tax liens can also be deleted if they have balances that are less than 25000 with on-time payments to the IRS. Add an authorized user to increase your credit score. Adding an authorized user can increase the credit score in as little as three weeks for no, car, no charge. So no fees, no credit checks. Best of all, they cannot be denied. You're just getting added to. Now the ideal is getting added to a seasoned account. Remember, at least two years or older. So if you have parents that have a uh, Macy's card that's been open for 10 years, that's a good one to get added to. doesn't mean that they're going to give you the credit card and you have to use it, but just being authorized as an account user. Add secure credit cards. If you don't have anyone that would authorize you to be an authorized user, that's the better scenario. But a backup plan would be to add secured accounts. Lenders like to see three to five trade lines. So if you're lacking trade lines, trade lines meaning you have a Nordstrom's card, you have a car payment, you have a Sears card. So five different trade lines that are open to count. Adding secured credit cards or adding secured accounts can help by increasing those trade lines. So this needs to be structured a certain way, but um, is extremely effective within a couple months. Where you can go for secured cards, a great one is openskycc.com. Again, that's openskycc.com. Keep balances, again, I mentioned at the beginning of the money chat, keep balances below 30% of the available that's, that's available to you. That's the ideal 
uh, ratio. Definitely, you don't want it to get dwitted over 50%. So if you have a credit limit of 5000 you want to make sure that you never owe more than $2,500 a month. Yes, this is even for those of you that pay your credit cards off every month. You don't want to get it up to over that 50%. So if you have 5000 you don't want to utilize all of that or go over that 50% mark over 2500 even if you're going to pay it off at the end of the month because you don't know when that's reporting and when your credit report is going to be pulled. So if you're looking at securing any type of uh, liabilities or any type of loan, make sure that you're keeping it under that 50%. And uh, consolidate student loans. In student loans, um, if they're in default... They can be consolidated and transferred in a U.S. Department of Education. This will make a huge difference in the score and the overall approval strength. Uh, put burden of proof back on the creditor. Uh, collections and charge off are, delated, are, are deleted at roughly 70%. They generally don't have to be documented to support the account properly and that you can put the burden back on the creditor. Now, this is where a credit consulting or a, a credit a repair company can come into play to assist with this. There's a lot of things that are uh, within with or that are not within fair credit um, uh, rules for you to where it can affect your your credit score with those collections and the collection companies are not reporting it ac- accurately on the credit report. So if you're working with a credit repair company, uh, they can act on your behalf and get those resolved for you very quickly. Again, seventy percent are in a position to where they should be removed because of the way that they're reporting it on your credit report. You just need to have the experience behind it that understand what those are so that they can have them removed for you. Um, Fix inaccurate or additional personal information. 90% of credit reports have additional personal information that is either incorrect, inaccurate, or dated. Um, I've seen scenarios with six different names, two social security numbers, several different addresses. This can be updated pretty quickly, and it can help remove the inaccurate information that's reporting on your credit, credit report that can also be affecting your credit score. And last, limit credit inquiries, which again, I brought it at the beginning. So you just want to make sure that you're not having your credit report uh, pulled too often to where it's going to affect the score based on the inquiries. Now, this is where somebody is, uh, where you're applying for a debt. So if you're trying to get your credit score from a myficoscore.com, they're not pulling your credit report. So there's no challenges there. It's just if you're uh, trying to take out uh, a new liability to where it's going to be an actual inquiry. That's the Money Chat coming up next in the Money Hour. Are you needing to downsize or have an estate sale? I have Joe Mason with Caring Transition at South Puget Sound right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Do you want to increase your professional effectiveness and create long-term clients who bring their friends with them? Sandy McCalla with Etiquette for You takes pride in helping professionals and companies deepen their people skills and enhance their corporate culture. Sandy is a certified etiquette consultant, speaker, and mentor with over 45 years in service industries who specializes in building successful track records. To get more information on a customized plan for yourself or your organization, you can call me directly at 425-209-9952 or reach me online at etiquetteforyou.com. Again, that is Sandy McCalla, Etiquette for You at 425-209-9952 or etiquetteforyou.com. I look forward to connecting with you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, 
on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 10th show. It's a great day to talk about money. That's why I'm here. That's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, have a better quality of life for you and for your family, especially in this holiday season. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here. I can answer any questions that you have, 1-855-411-50, or you can go online at themoneyhour.com. I've got some amazing guests in studio. I can connect you with them as well. Again, just call the show 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. Right now in studio, I have Joe Mason with Caring Transitions of South Puget, Puget Sound, and we're going to be discussing downsizing and estate sales services. Joe, thank you so much for joining me back in studio. Thanks for having me back. Happy holidays to you. And happy holidays to you as well. A little bit about Joe, uh, one and a half years experience uh, as a certified relocation and transition specialist, retired after 31 years in the military, 27 of those full-time for the Washington Army National Guard. And Joe, last time that you were here in studio uh, visiting with me and sharing with my listeners, um, we've talked about a lot of things, but since then, what's new and happening with uh, Karen Tran- Caring Transitions? Well, since then, we've opened up uh, a couple new franchises. We've got one out on the Kitsap Peninsula, so one opening up in Bremerton. That'll be open soon. Okay. We've also got a franchise starting that goes from Everett up to Marysville. So not only do we have Seattle well co- covered with Jennifer Black, but Michelle Green on the east side doing Bellevue Isquah. I'm in the South Sound, and I'm also purchasing a uh, franchise from Federal Way up to Kirkland. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It's great to hear the uh, such a great company is expanding and, and having their services available to more people in our, our area. So, Joe, last time we discussed um, how families could best prepare for downsizing in future by planning ahead. So what about families that don't have time to prepare or they've procrastinated on that preparation? What advice? Not only procrastination, but sometimes it's a medical issue that comes up where somebody has a, a fall and mm-hmm. they go into rehab Perhaps they can't return to the home, and all of a sudden they've got to downsize when that wasn't in their plans originally. We do everything we normally do to help people downsize, but we can do it on a compressed timeline. So we'll help them with the space plan once they've identified where they want to go, and uh, we'll help them with a physical estate sale or an online auction estate sale, and then we can help them do a property clean-out so that they can sell the home. So once a family's determined that they need assistance to downsize, what qualities should they uh, look for when considering a company to help them through uh, this process? Well, they want to make sure one of the first questions would be, is the company that they're going to work with licensed, bonded, insured? Uh, they want to know exactly what those charges are going to be, what are the fees, what are the commissions, mm-hmm. and know those things up front so there aren't any nasty surprises. Another question they could ask is, how does that company handle security? One of the things is, for example, carrying transitions, all of our employees undergo a background check when they come to work with us. In addition to that, as we're handling a family's property, we uh, are very careful with their personally identifiable information. We want to make sure we can do everything we can to reduce the possibility of identity theft. So we're very careful to collect all of those things, have the family review them, mm-hmm. and then uh, make sure that those things are shred. Yeah, really important when having access to all of that personal information. So one other consideration is, do they have an appraiser on staff or do they have access to an appraiser? Mm-hmm. If there are pieces of property that, that are expensive, valuable, and 
want to know exactly uh, what the fair market value is, and so you can get the uh, family proper value for their items. You'll want to copy the contract, and another thing is to uh, perhaps take a look at the quality of their work. If you can, um, see if they're conducting an estate sale, mm-hmm. and maybe just go incognito and take a look at how they do business and see if you like them. Uh, great advice. It makes, it makes total sense in doing your research ahead of time to make sure that you're getting a quality um, a professional that's going to take out take care of you. So why do most of your clients, Joe, who need estate sale services choose to have their estate sale online? That's a great question. One of the reasons is weather doesn't become a factor. Um, when, when you go to do all of the work in order to prepare for an estate sale, mm-hmm. you don't want to have Mother Nature come in and, and, and just keep everybody at home. And we have some surprises and with Mother Nature here in the Seattle area. It, do, it does happen. <laughs> so an online estate sale is a really great option. Mm-hmm. Um, other considerations for an online estate sale are that more of the items will sell. And the, the bottom line, what we find is that uh, someone will realize almost twice the profit they would from an online auction than they would from a physical estate sale. And one of the reasons for that is when they have, when a family has collectibles and such, and we're advertising those online, Mm -hmm. it appeals to a national audience rather than just who can show up that weekend. So it's a a great deal for them. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's just surprising. This year, I have not stepped out of my house to buy any Christmas gifts. It's it's all been online. I'm still shopping, by the way. Um, So, Joe, what about if you, so we're talking about online and that process and and being more efficient, uh, being more profitable. What about the shipping and the cost for that? Who takes care of that? Caring Transitions handles all of that. So the the buyer pays the fees and we take care of the shipping so that the, the client doesn't have to worry about anything. Got it. So what happens to the items that aren't sold in the estate sale? It's at the discretion of the uh, the client. Oftentimes, they'll uh, direct that it goes to Goodwill Habitat for Humanity, Salvation Army, or if they have a particular charity that they like, that may come and pick it up. That'll reduce their cost, or we'll bring it to them. Mm-hmm. And then those things that aren't accepted by a charity will uh, take to the landfill. So, Joe, when when somebody when the house has been cleared out um, and it's ready ready to go, how are you helping your clients prepare the home for sale? Well. By doing that clean out, what we'll do at the, at the end, once we've sold everything that we can for them, is we'll uh, make those donations, take things to the landfill, and then we'll do a dry clean. So we'll do, we'll vacuum, we'll sweep, and we'll turn it over to the realtor. One of the other things I want to talk about was this time of year is a mm-hmm. great time for families who are, are getting together and they may not have seen mom and dad for a while, and they'll be able to notice whether or not mom or dad are doing okay. And, yes. and recognize that it's time to do downsizing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll take a look and see the cleanliness of the place. Yeah. Are mom and dad keeping the routines that they're used to? Another thing is checking out the car. Going to mom and dad's car. Mm-hmm. Walking and around you, it. what are you seeing in the car? Oh, just looking out for any scratches or dents that may not have been there the last time. Okay. So yeah, making sure just, that Just they're, one of those indicators. Yeah, so just one. And, and hopefully... Um, uh, all of us are, are having time to check in on our parents on a regular basis. But yeah, sometimes uh, life comes in, in into place and, and people get busy. So definitely during the holidays, you're making those visits. So why not make sure that you're watching out and, and seeing what's going on? Great advice. Um, so services and the affordability. Let's talk about that. The, the services are affordable. Like, like I was mentioning earlier, you do get a written estimate up front. We'll mm-hmm. do a free consultation. We'll provide that written estimate. And then 
more often than not, the client's getting money back after all of the, you know, the sale. Uh, the revenue generated from the sale will cover the cost and provide a check back to that client. Okay. So what if I have a listener that's um, just thinking they want to decide to do everything on their own? What would you say to uh, that person, Joe? More power to them. And if they're good at it, <laughs> I'll hire them. Yeah. But oftentimes, you know, we, I'll, I'll talk to them and they'll take a look at the cost and they think that they can't afford it. But I got to tell you, it's a lot of work doing the sorting, organizing, pricing things, making sure that you're getting fair market value, doing things like advertising, staffing the sale, trying to prevent theft. And then uh, one of the things that we can do that oftentimes when people do it on their own, they can't do mm-hmm. is we'll have, you know, we can accept credit and debit cards. And oftentimes people spend more when they yes. can take advantage of that. And if they're still determined, I'll uh, provide them some tips and say mm-hmm. good luck. And sometimes they'll call me back. And say this is a little bit too much. More of than a, I expected. And, yes. and we want you back. So any um, story that you can uh, share with my listeners, Joe, on a success story that you've recently had with uh, assisting with one of your clients? Well, we recently had, uh, had some folks who essentially had a lot of farm items. And there are things that weren't particularly useful. Uh-huh. But... But, but they look great in people's yard. And so um, by doing an online sale, I'm sure we generated probably three times the revenue they would have gotten from just yeah. having a physical estate sale. And uh, they were quite pleased with us. So what do you see in the most common things in a estate sale that is, is where you're is bringing in the most, uh, most money? Are a there more of, popular items? Well, it's, it's kind of funny right now. Mid-century modern furniture, which okay. we see a lot of, uh-huh. is, is pretty popular. It's pretty surprising. Yeah. And so most of our customers for our online auctions are people who resell on eBay. I was just I was just going to say that. I know it's, it seems like there'd be a lot of it because they're going in and they're looking for those deals that they can then uh, price it up on eBay. And for, for those of you that are going through an estate sale, you just don't have time to go and price it in, individual and, and manage that because I've heard it's quite a quite a process. But it is. But I've, yeah. I've had some uh, I've got some regular customers and also some that I ship to across the nation that. They're regular customers. Yeah. They find those bargains in our online auctions uh-huh. and take advantage of it. So you actually even have a um, sphere of people within that you know are out there shopping and looking for items that you might even be able to reach out to um, and assist with those sales. Exactly. And, yeah. and the longer we do it, the, the greater our mailing list becomes. Yes. So, Joe, I've got a few minutes here uh, left before I take us to commercial. Um, anything else that you want to share in advice uh, when it comes to uh, downsizing, estate sales? One of the things, probably the, the biggest thing that leads it off is recognizing the fact that people do need to downsize. Yes. And, and oftentimes, um, some folks, like my parents, I hope they're not listening, are reluctant to do so. But there are advantages because if, um, you know, getting around safely, getting the right nutrition, it may be time to uh, downsize a little bit and uh, there's less to keep track of. And so when it is that time, helping them through the process to identify what's important to them Mm -hmm. uh, in a facility and helping them get there. Once they've chosen a spot, we can help from there. So. But I would imagine, you know, in in that process of helping them decide, it's easier coming from an outside and an expert than it is from within the family, your daughter, your son, um, to help. So really having that third party not related and coming in as an expert to help them through the process, I would imagine, would be a lot more successful. 
It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Joe, thank you for coming back in studio again. Happy holidays to you and appreciate uh, all the advice you share with my listeners. Happy holidays and thanks for having me. You're welcome. Coming up next on the Money Hour, do you want to have more money to enjoy the holidays? Learn some financial strategies. It's Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies, New York Life, right here at 1150 AM at KKNW after the short break. Are you near retirement, recently transferred to a new job and wondering what to do with your old 401k? Are you interested in learning about how to create a defensive and offensive strategy for your financial plan? Tony Sablon of Eagle Strategies can help you analyze your current financial plan, life insurance, and investments. Tony Sablon has helped hundreds of individuals, families, and business owners bring clarity to their financial plan. This is Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at ultimatewealthstrategies.com. To receive a free consultation, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at eaglestrategies.com. Again, that's 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at EagleStrategies.com. The following material is presented for informational and sales purposes only and represents our understanding of generally applicable rules. It is not intended and does not set forth solutions to individual situations. New York Life Insurance Company, its agents or employees may not give legal, tax, or accounting advice. And none is intended nor should be inferred from the information herein. Clients should consult their own professional advisors prior to implementing any planning strategies. This material includes a discussion of one or more tax-related topics prepared to assist in the promotion or marketing of the transactions or matters addressed. It is not intended and cannot be used by any taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding any IRS penalties that may be imposed upon the taxpayer. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 10th show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information and market trends in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with any of the guests I have in studio, uh, talk with myself, your host, by calling the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at the Money. Money.com. And in studio, I have Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies New York Life talking about financial strategies. Tony, thank you for joining me back in studio. Happy holidays to you as well. Happy holidays to you too. And uh, thanks for having me again. A little bit about Tony. Uh, Tony is Wealth Advisor with Eagle Strategies, LLC. He's also the founder of Ultimate Wealth Strategies based in Bellevue, Washington. Tony works with individuals, families, and business owners to identify what motivates them, what keeps them up at night, and focus on their financial solutions that can help make their goals a reality. He not only relies on his own knowledge and experience, but also an expertise of his team and specialist. His mission is to develop 
endearing relationships with the clients and providing expert guidance pertaining to life insurance strategies, investments, and upgrading people's financial plans. Tony's also a soon-to-be author for his financial planning book coming out uh, fourth quarter of this year. So excited to uh, read that, Tony. Uh, So, Tony, it's the holiday season and people are busy with shopping, year-end planning, hosting and visiting families. How can you help my listeners get their finances in check? Well, if you think about it, building a strong financial future for your family is like building a house. Mm -hmm. You you start from the ground up, and the holiday season is a great time to review uh, your financial plan or begin your financial plan. And waiting till after the new year comes will just add another year to your procrastination or your to-do list. So get your plan done now so that you can build upon your strong foundation throughout the year and focus on the things you should be focusing on, focusing on, like spending time with family, work, and making more money. And a couple hours of your time now to secure your fin- financial future is small compared mm-hmm. to the hours you spend in traffic or dealing with day-to-day stuff come 2017. Yeah, and I, I like how you uh, use the example of uh, building a home because it is it is the foundation and starting from the bottom and building up to make sure that you have a home that has a good roof that's going to keep you safe um, and, and warm at night. So great advice. What is the first thing uh, that you must do to uh, get your year-end financial planning in order? So the Since first, we're reaching the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing... Uh, in your financial house is made up of two components, right? It's cash flow and net worth. So to, t- to determine your cash flow, you must determine how much income you bring home. And to do that, you start by adding up all your take-home pay and any other income sources you may have. And this gives you your net income. Uh, the next thing to do is look at all your expenses, housing, food, gifts, etc., bills, and uh, include anything you spend money on regular or regularly and subtract that number from your net income figure and this is your cash flow and you know one of our objectives today is to help you discover the benefits of adopting the financial habit of saving first and spending less and we'll get into more detail on that later but just remember that is it is usually one of the main keys to achieving personal financial freedom and building wealth and I think when it comes to budgeting and figuring out what you're spending on a monthly basis, a good thing is to really, if you're not already doing it, write down everything that you spend, everything you can possibly think of, and monitor it for a month or two months. And I know that there's statistics, uh, Tony, too, that if when you write something down, you're actually less apt to spend it. When you're budgeting for something and wanting something, you're less apt to spend money. So think about this. These little things, simple things can really compound and have a huge impact. Tony, after figuring out uh, how much much money that you make, how much you have left over, what else should you be doing? Uh, the next level in your financial house is risk management. Life is risky business as it is, mm-hmm. so you need to be prepared. And there are usually uh, six elements to a risk management program, and that's uh, an emergency fund. You and your family should spend time to figure out how much money you'd like in your savings for immediate emergencies. And typically this amount is six months to a year's worth of living expenses these days. And some examples include, you know, if you lose a job, you break a leg, or you can't work, uh, or any unexpected large bills such as a home or car repair or large medical or dental bills. Life insurance is another key piece of your risk management program. So when people generally think of life insurance, they think of life insurance you get through work. The other type of life insurance is the type you personally own, and we'll call it personal insurance. And that requires some underwriting 
but you own it at the end of the day and you control the coverage and the amount of money you contribute to it. And there are various types, um, but we can get to that in more detail in another time. We could have a show, whole show on all the different types of uh, life insurance. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Tony, um, what else is included in protecting your, your family money that, that you see people often overlook? Uh, income protection is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And this covers you when you have a long-term disability, such as cancer or Alzheimer's. And, you know, you see this a lot uh, these days with uh, GoFundMe. You know, your health... Uh, your health changes unannounced, so it's best to be prepared uh, with some form of income protection to, you know, keep your keep your paycheck coming in when you're no longer when you're not able to work for a long time. And health insurance is another component that uh, people often overlook because you just never know when you need it, and your health status, like I said er- earlier, can change without notice. And you know, an in- interesting statistic is that the total. And uh, the Milliman Medical Index in 2015 stated that the total annual cost of health care for a family of four covered by an employer-sponsored uh, preferred provider plan was $24,671. Uh, and that's the equivalent to the cost of attending a four-year in-state public college. Of that amount, the employer pays about $14,198, and the employee pays 10473 Dollars representing an increase of 12% uh, year over year. That's crazy. And, you know, you really need to ask yourself, uh, Tony talks about income, where that's going to come from when, uh, when you're nearing your retirement. Ask yourself, would you work for a company for 30 years without a raise? So you really need to consider if you're going to be living for 30 years plus in your retirement, are you going to be doing that without getting an increase? So you, which you would not, you could not survive with that. So you really got to strategize and work with uh, your financial planner, an individual uh, like Tony to to. Uh, plan that out for your specific needs and what you're going to do. So, Tony, let's talk about retirement. When uh, one of my listeners is nearing retirement or um, uh, retired right now, what do they do? Well, in the last piece of uh, risk management, you know, folks nearing retirement or those in retirement should really take the time to ask themselves how they will cover expenses for an extended care event. Uh, You see this going on so much. And again, you know, I like to go to the GoFundMe because it's just in your face mm. uh, with what people are going through with uh, you know extended ca- an extended care event. So you know taking taking time to uh, learn about your options for long term care uh, is is really worth worthwhile. So Tony, now that you have reviewed your risk management, what's the next step for the blueprint? So now that you understand you know the amount of money you have coming in and you know, you have your risk management in place. You know, the third level of your financial house is uh, college funding and retirement planning. So you're probably aware that college costs are escalating annually. Mm-hmm. And there are m- many products out there such as grandparents, 529 plans, uh, cash value life insurance, or if you're lucky, a rich uncle to help you set aside money for college tuition. So even if you haven't started saving for your child's college education or you feel that your current rate of saving may not be sufficient, it is not too late to set aside some funds to help secure your your child's future. 
So, Tony, uh, retirement planning, where does that come into play? So, in planning for retirement, there are several, uh, there are various options to consider. Two main categories are your qualified plans mm-hmm. and personal savings. Qualified plans include IRAs, 401ks, and these are designed to help you accumulate money on a tax deferred basis, uh, on a pre tax basis. And this means that you don't pay taxes on the money you set aside in these plans until you withdraw the money. And there are usually penalties associated with early withdrawals. And qualified plans are government controlled. In essence, the government determines how much you can contribute and save. Mm-hmm. So and another thing, too, on that and really talking with your advisor is um, strategizing and find out what you think taxes are going to do. Are you going to pay tire, t- higher taxes when you're retirement or less taxes? Because that's going to determine what makes you know most sense. Or what is that investment, that money going to earn you that you're not paying taxes at that time that you're able to invest in a longer period of time? So there's a lot of different factors. And that's why having that plan and really putting that foundation together uh, is key to having a successful financial home. Uh, What are some misconceptions, Tony, about retirement planning? So some common... That money's just going to show up when you retire. I bet that would be one of them. Right. (laughs) Or that you're going to work till you die. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, a few misconceptions are, you know, what I often hear is I don't need as much money in retirement. And the reality is money just shifts to different types of spending. So you're no longer spending on the car, but now you have higher health costs. Um, you don't have the mortgage anymore, but you're spending more time on vacations. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just, you know, y- your spending habits change. And also, moving to a retiree-friendly state will save you money. Generally, that is not the case since having zero income taxes often translates into higher taxes elsewhere, such as property or sales tax. So really, just take the time to review all, you know, all the all the little intricate details in, you know, mo- deciding to move to a a retiree-friendly state. And then one of the biggest ones is Medicare will be enough to pay for my health care expenses. Mm-hmm. Fidelity estimated a few years ago that a couple who retired in 2013 will need as much as 240000 beyond their Medicare coverage to pay for health care costs in retirement. And Medicare only covers you up to 100 days, and anything past 100 days comes out of your pocket, hence the need for a long-term care plan. So, Tony, when you're meeting with your clients, what's one thing that you hear in that meeting from your clients that you wish people would have just started a little bit earlier? Yeah, actually, there are several things I commonly hear when I sit down with folks. And one of them is, I wish I would have bought that whole life insurance when I had the money when Mm -hmm. I was young. And if you just spreadsheet out, you know, term versus whole uh, permanent coverage, you'll find that you know, the term will cost you more in the long run. And it's similar to, you know, buying a house. Mm-hmm. You know, rent versus buying. At yeah. the end of the day, buying is probably cheaper. Yes. Um, so the other one is, I wish I would have saved more. And really, that's just flexing your savings muscles. It's like working out. You start with light weights, whether mm-hmm. that's 50 cents a week, 50 bucks a month. You know, just to start developing the habit of saving money. Uh, the other one is, I wish I would have wouldn't have bought that bigger house and spent more money on experiences such as vacations, yeah. spending more time with family. So now you have the bigger house, but you also have high overhead and you have to work longer hours mm-hmm. or whatnot, depending on your salary. But, you know, people find that spending more time with family becomes a more integral part as they get older. Yeah. And then 
Also, don't be the uh, you know don't be the I wish I, w- I would have person. So be the let's do it now person. You know my favorite quote from one of my favorite speakers, Les Brown, is the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take that first step. So uh, to keep with the problem or determined to carry out their dream. So in essence, you know, starting now and just taking some form of action really makes a difference. Well said, Tony. I love Les Brown as well. Uh, a shout out to him. I actually mentioned in my book, I listen to him every morning with a lot of his motivation. So um, uh, well said. Tony, thank you so much for joining me back in studio and look forward to talking with you after the holidays. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next on The Money Hour, Etiquette for a joy-filled holiday season. Sandy McCalla with Etiquette for You right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Do you want to increase your professional effectiveness and create long-term clients who bring their friends with them? Sandy McCalla with Etiquette for You takes pride in helping professionals and companies deepen their people skills and enhance their corporate culture. Sandy is a certified etiquette consultant, speaker, and mentor with over 45 years in service industries who specializes in building successful track records. To get more information on a customized plan for yourself or your organization, you can call me directly at 425-209-9952. Or reach me online at etiquetteforyou.com. Again, that is Sandy McCalla, Etiquette for You at 425-209-9952 or etiquetteforyou.com. I look forward to connecting with you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday 10th show. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. I'm here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50, 1-855-411-50, or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything regarding money with the guests I have in studio or with myself, your host. Right now in studio, Sandy McCallum with Etiquette for You. Sandy, thanks for joining me back in studio. And just like the other guests, I want to say happy holiday to you as well. Thank you very much for having me back and happy holidays to you. And thank you too for the uh, Power Hour Luncheon to Learn. You are my guest speaker. And I have to say my my role tours really enjoyed uh, the conversation of etiquette and really how that applies in uh, real estate. And so thank you for that, Sandy. Thank you. A little bit about Sandy. Sandy McCalla attained her etiquette certification in 1997 for Etiquette Institute in St. Louis, Missouri. She's an accomplished business person with 45 years in business and industry and is a seasoned speaker and trainer. Sandy has just appointed 
chapter president for the National Association of Professional Women in Everett uh, to provide leadership and growth opportunities for women in business. While her core skills are corporate leadership and operation process improvement, her passion is to equip others with skills and resources to become high achievers in their chosen field. She brings practical, sustainable knowledge to life skills, strengthens others to grow and embrace success. So, Sandy, we're talking today, a um, little spin with the holidays, joy-filled holiday season. And there's a lot more to uh, activities and distractions this year, um, this time of year. And what should we be thinking about to make our holidays special when it comes to etiquette? Well, I feel that you do need to concentrate on joy and make that the central theme of your holiday. And there's some key things that you can do to to really make that the most. Key things, just the key things, I think, to start off simply are do deep breathing during this time. We're going to wind up being in lines. You're going to wind up being frustrated and in traffic. So... Take the time to do some deep breathing and relax and bring calm into I your life. I love that, Sandy. I do that all the time. It's just a matter of... Exactly. And then you feel so much better. You feel so much better and you can approach everything mm-hmm. a little with a clearer mind and with less less anxiety and, and, and angst in the situation. And if you want to experience joy, I just find like in, in many other different uh, arenas of life, you need to bring joy to others on a daily basis. You need to create joy in their life. And then create some special time for yourself. And some of these key activities, if you want to experience joy with others, make eye contact. Make a positive observation of the other person while you're with them. This can be a very sensitive time for others. So give them plenty of room and give yourself plenty of room and be gracious with people at this time. Share really sincere and specific good wishes. I think this is one of the most exciting things about this season is Mm -hmm. that I hear more people wishing good things for other people and and sharing that with them. So this is a time to be really paying attention to what people are saying, who they are, and being very specific about what you wish uh, for them. And creating your own special time, if whatever that is, spa treatment, dinner out, activities with friends, getting out in, in nature, whatever gives you a sense of calm and restoration uh, to and bring that joy back into your life during this time. And, you know, that's such a, a good point, Sandy. And, and what I've heard you say here, it's really a balance, of, a balance of uh, being good and taking care of others, as well as of the other side of it, of taking care of yourself and being good to yourself. And with that yes. that balance, it's going to bring, bring uh, better for you and better for others around you. And, and um, yes, it is a special time of year. Uh, we're grateful for everything that we have, but really being alert and paying attention to people that are dealing with some challenges over this time because it can add that when you've got some challenging things happening in your life. So Mm -hmm. uh, great advice. Sandy, um, are there certain etiquette tips that you can bring to my listeners and to myself that we may have forgotten that we want to have during the holiday uh, season? Yes, there are some just key ones to to remember or to employ. This time of year, families get together. There's usually some uh, dining opportunities to get together. And I hear from many people that that can be a a strenuous time. That can be a time of people not agreeing or wanting to pick up the fight from the last. uh, But it depends if you're breathing and you can give it that 60-second breath. Maybe you'll react a little bit differently and um, prevent those things from happening, right? That's correct. And then there's some other tips along that line. Uh, to avoid disagreements. One of the things that I use 
uh, that I have learned, and it, it's very effective, is that when someone has a different opinion than yourself and they're, they're uh, trying to get you to come to their side or vice mm-hmm. versa or convince you that they're right, then I just say to people, you may be right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you are right, but you may be right. And at the end of it, I may not have to come back and say, you were right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by saying that early in the game, it takes a lot of that edge off of the, the discussion. Also, um, when I want to make sure that I've gotten a chance to um, put my perspective out there as well, I do what I call a diversion introduction, where I acknowledge someone else in the in the family who may have a different perspective, and I put that out right up front. I say, you know, I know that Uncle Harry has looked at this differently than I have. Mm-hmm. He has some different perspectives. I want to hear his. And in the meantime, this is how I perceive the situation. So I get a chance to say what my thoughts are, and mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, the natural transition is to go to Harry next and let Harry express what he's that thinking. That rich uncle, what, uncle, you never know what he's going to leave you. That's right, that's right. <laughs> so the key thing is that people do want to be heard. We all yes. want to be heard, yes. what our opinions are, what we, what we bring to the table, mm-hmm. and so we just need to have that airtime with each other. Yeah. If uh, during that dining time, though, if there is a prayer that's offered, uh, I just... Uh, suggest that people respect the host or hostess uh, and their faith by bowing in prayer and honoring that time with them. Uh, other tips are to always wait to start the meal when the hostess first takes up their fork, except if the hostess encourages everyone to begin. The hostess may be still wrangling with some things with yeah. the meal and the dinner and will say, please get started because they don't want the, the meal to get cold. If you're in doubt during any portion of the meal, just observe and follow the hostess's lead. Mm-hmm. That will always have you in sync. And I like to, you know, hearing that because there, there's always could be questions and yes. you can't fail by following the host's lead. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're right in sync at that point mm-hmm. and you don't look like you're out of, out of sync with the dinner. Now, if you're the one who's hosting the holiday party, I do suggest having a greeter at the door to welcome guests, take their coats, show them where the coats are going to be, show them where the bathrooms are, where the food is going to be, offer refreshments, pour that first drink, the first drink of punch, of wine, whatever you have at that time. And then if you know that they don't know some people that are at the same, um, at the same time, then introduce them to the other people that are there and share some of the similarities that you know about them that they might share with each other and they Mm -hmm. can begin a conversation and begin to interact with each other at the same time. Now, if you're the guest uh, and have received an invitation to a holiday party, it's really important to RSVP. Let your host or hostess know whether or not you intend to, um, to be there. They are planning to to have a great event for you and the people that they want to share this with, and they want to know whether or not you will be there with them. Yes. A gift is always appropriate to thank the host, and if you've brought wine in that particular case, don't expect the host to serve it at that time. That's your gift to them, Mm -hmm. and they get to decide how they're going to use it. Of course. Okay. Um, Holiday cards are also uh, a very key part of this time, and I do suggest that you sign your full name. Unless you are Aunt Susan or Uncle Harry, uh, there may be other people with the same name that that you know, and you get the card and you think, well, who is this? Who is this that has sent me this card? So always put your full name in And no business cards. And no business cards. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then uh, also I like to... Uh, remind people about the two-year rule regarding sending holiday cards. If someone that you have sent a card to fails to send you a card that year, 
don't just write them off your list. Mm. Give them another year to possibly catch up with you by sending, they'll send you a card the next year because they got one last year. And then that way you can keep them on the list. If they don't send you one the second year, then maybe they come off your list at that point, unless you specifically want them to be on that list. And then finally, because of gifts, whether personal or business, it's really important to do a handwritten thank you note. It's always appropriate to acknowledge the receipt of a gift from somebody, Mm -hmm. even if you don't like it. If you don't like it, then just focus in on their thoughtfulness and their giving nature and comment on that in your handwritten note or the good qualities of the gift. Maybe it's a color you really like, or maybe it's something you've been looking at, whether or not you were going to buy it, but something you've been looking at for some time and thinking about whether or not you would like to have that. But mostly be truthful and be positive in your response to them. I like to send the thank you gift within two weeks of receiving the gift, but Mm -hmm. the sooner I send it after I've received it, the better I will recall what my reaction was to the gift and can share that with them so that they they want to hear that you really appreciated it, that it was something that they gave you that is special to you. Makes sense. So we have a lot of business professionals uh, right here in studio. We all are, and we have a lot to listen to the show uh, as well. Um, Regarding thank you notes, what other tips apply uh, with business for the holidays? Well, this is a great time for office parties, and I know that people sometimes feel like, oh my goodness, I see these people at work all the time. Do I really want to spend part of my weekend or Mm -hmm. evening time with them? I really recommend that you attend, even if you're only there for 45 minutes to 60 minutes and you you do a really quality um, um, round of touching base with people Mm -hmm. that are, are, are friends or people that you want to absolutely touch base with at that meeting, at that uh, event. If you don't show up, then it looks like you're not part of the team. You're not part of the organization. You're not supporting. Your, your camaraderie is not, um, is not there for others. And so uh, I do recommend that you spend a short period of time. Now, if it, it's better to leave after a short period of time than to stay, be bored, and, and drink yourself through the whole evening. <laughs> so or look like you're not having a good time. Or look like you're not having yeah. a good time. Exactly, exactly. Also, there's gifts, there's holiday Mm -hmm. gifts that people give to each other. So uh, when the company is doing that, it's better for the gifts to come from the company versus individual managers Mm. or supervisors. So it doesn't look like there's favoritism going on. And usually those gifts, if they're from the company, it's better if they're uniform in that there's no... um, there's nothing about inequality where someone's gotten a better gift that somebody else has. So people don't get into that comparative situation and feel like they're either being um, someone's being favored or that they're being unfavored mm-hmm. in that situation. The safest gift gifting within a company is Secret Santa or White Elephant Exchange. Those are always fun. Yes. They're lighthearted and everybody has a good time. Also, with holiday greeting cards, I really do recommend that you try not to look like a corporation. You want it to be a warm contact with your client, and you want it to be something that will strengthen your business relationship. Not advertise your business, but strengthen that relationship and thank them for the time that they have interacted with your organization. I also recommend that you have all the staff members who are going to be involved, whether it's uh, customer care, whether it's accounting, whether it's someone out um, in the shipping department, Mm -hmm. have them sign those cards because they are people who are interacting with the clients as well. Even if the clients don't see them or interact with them directly, 
they are there to support the company's efforts in that situation. Um, and there is some possibility that if you feel that um, you don't want to get into the rush of Christmas cards that everybody else is doing, you could send your cards out for a New Year's greeting instead. Yeah. And that differentiates you from the other people that are... I, I love that. Love that idea. I think it's always great, too, to do do a team photo. Have the team in there and show the Perfect. the appreciation and who's behind the scenes. Exactly. It makes the team feel special and it also makes the client... Uh, it's nice to get that and see everybody that's involved. Sandy, thank you so much for the uh, holiday etiquette tips and for joining me back in studio and look forward to having you uh, back as well. Thank you very much. I'd be delighted to come back. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. I've said happy holiday to all my guests. I want to extend a happy holiday to all of you, my listeners. I will be here same time, same place next Saturday, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. The preceding program was paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information.